Hello and welcome to today's episode of Impart Podcast. My name is Pastor George and as always, I am delighted to once again break the bread of God's word with you today. Friends, it's another day, it's a beautiful day, it's another week. And remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. As you may know, we are in the season of Easter again. Easter is around the corner. And the time that we celebrate or we commemorate the uh, uh, the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Jesus Christ, the time that we remember all that Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, this is the one of the strongest, if not the strongest, leg on which Christianity stands. The event that happened at Easter is what gives credence to the Christian faith. Right, and so over the next few weeks, I'm going to be uh, sharing on different things, the grace of God, certain things that pertains to this season in Christianity. And so we we'll begin today, and this episode is entitled "Saved by Grace." Saved by grace. We, you and I, have been saved by grace. What does that really mean, and how? Did that really happen again? Uh, our focus today will be to unravel or open up a bit what practically transpired or what happened when we we'll say that we were saved by grace. Now, let's begin reading from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and in verse 19. Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 9, verse 1 to 9, sorry, Ephesians 2. From verse 1 all the way to verse 9. Let's read. Um, it says, And you, he made a life who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you were once, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Now, verse 4 says, But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, he says, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. How? Toward us in Christ Jesus for by grace for by grace for by grace for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of God not of works least anyone should boast you and I have been saved by grace, by grace, by grace, not of works, not by animals, not by humans, but by the grace of God. We have been saved. Friends, while the Bible reminds us that while we were dead in sin, in our trespasses, Jesus offered to save us. Jesus offered to 
uh, uh, to save us, to come to the rescue. While we were swimming in all the lust of the flesh, as, as listed above, Jesus saved us by grace. We did not merit it by works, but it was of his grace that we have been saved. It was not something that we merited. It was not something that we attained or was attained by our own human efforts. It's not something that was attained by our own human doggedness and ruggedness. It was not something that was attained by our own human abilities or capabilities or our works or deeds. No, it was the grace of God. The question is, do you think it's easier for God to love you uh, when you are good? Do you secretly suspect that God chose you because you deserved it? Is that what we suspect? Is that what we have in our mind? That God chose us to save us because we deserved it? Or do you think some people... Or some people's behavior is so bad uh, that God cannot possibly save them. Because sometimes we, we, we may have this righteous way or this holier-than-thou attitude. And we might think that other people that maybe are not saved yet, not have that you know, come into salvation, are so bad that God will rather not save them. Because of what they've done or what they do or what we perceive them to be doing. And sometimes we might think that uh, the God chose us because we are so deserving of it and the others are not. Or some people's behavior is so bad that God cannot possibly save them. Uh, if you and I think this way or if anyone thinks this way then you don't entirely understand uh, uh, that salvation is by grace it is free a free gift it cannot be earned in whole or in part it cannot be earned it can only be accepted with thankfulness and praise it can only be accepted with thankfulness and praise now Let's go into the detail of how Jesus saved us. How did he really save us by grace? How did this happen? Uh, let's, 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 let's read before. Let's read two portions of scripture. Romans chapter 11 verse 6 says, Romans 11 verse 6, And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work, it's no longer work. So, it's not a work, it's grace. Simple. It wasn't, we're not saved by our own deeds, by how beautiful we look, how intellectual we sound, how wise we operate. It's not any of those. It is the grace of God. And if it happens to be of works, then it's no longer of grace. The two cannot, cannot be, uh, uh, it, it cannot be used together. It cannot be just opposed. It cannot work in purpose. It is not by works. Simply put, we're saved by the grace of God. How? It's my question. Let's look at the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 14. Titus, chapter 2, verse 1, 4. Here's what the Bible says. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify us for himself, 
his own special people, zealous for good works. Here is my, my phrase of emphasis, that he might redeem us, that he might redeem us, that he might redeem us, that he might redeem you and I have been redeemed. He says that he might redeem us from every lawless deeds and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Redemption is what took place. We, you and I, were redeemed. We were redeemed. We were redeemed. He bought us back. He purchased us. He purchased us. We're redeemed. Redemption is a financial term, a system of exchange where there is is transactionary, where something has to be exchanged to buy something back. A legal tender is given to purchase that which is needed. All right. A ransom is paid to redeem one who is held in captivity. If you owe someone debt, you redeem or you pledge to give someone something. You redeem the pledge by giving that which you said you are going to give. If you want to buy something, you give money in exchange for that which you need. You In the olden days, they had what they called trade by barter. The barter system of trading, you exchange I want that which you have and you possibly have that which I need or I offer you what I have then it's up to you to accept what I have in what I'm offering in exchange for that which you have that I need. In that system it's called barter and that's a way of redeeming what's in your hand that I want. It's a financial system. It's a financial term. It's an accounting term. You redeem by buying back, by purchasing, by exchanging something for what you desire. Now, there is what we know in the olden days as the slave trade system or the slave trade that are called. And there was a slave purchaser. In this case, the slave purchaser comes into the slave market. And as it comes into the slave market, follow me carefully, as it comes into the slave market, he searches through the aisles of, of the slave, the aisles in the market, searching for a slave of his choice or his or her choice. When he finds one, he will inspect the slave or inspect the condition of the slave before he buys the slave during the time of slave trade. They had a slave market. The slave purchaser comes into the slave market and goes from aisle to aisle when he finds looking for a slave of his choice, one that appeals to him. When he or she finds a slave that appeals to him or her, he goes into inspection and inspects the condition of the slave before he actually makes a transaction for it. When he expects the slave, what is he looking for? Number one, he uh, inspects the physical, uh, 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 the physical strength of the slave. There is the physical beating of the slave, literally, 
physical beating of the slave. What are they checking for? To check for wear and tear. How strong, how durable, how, what kind of pressure can this slave handle? Number two, there is the pulling of the mouth open. The mouth of the slave is put open to look for what? To check for the condition of the teeth. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. They check for the physical strength of the slave. They check the condition of the inner part of his, uh, the, 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 what's it called? The, the mouth of the, the slave by pulling open and see the conditions going on in there. And then finally, they expect uh, the overall physical health of the slave. Is the slave healthy enough? All right, to be put to work, to be used for, to, to, to undergo hard labor. Now, you must note that the slave, when the slave buyer is satisfied, when the slave buyer is satisfied, it is now open and placed on the auction block. So, when the slave buyer, potential slave buyer, is satisfied with the slave he or she is interested in buying, that slave is not, the, 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 the bidding is open, the slave is placed on the auction block. And if the slave buyer shows more interest in any of the auctioneers, uh, 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 the prize shows interest in any of this, uh, he or she then buys that slave. Now, the auctioneer pushes the price of the slave as high as possible. He takes as high as points, pushes the price as high as possible. The auctioneer is certain and, and unreasonable, this, unre- this unreasonable demand. Oh, he, he, he believes that somehow Anyone who is really interested in the slave will meet the unreasonable price he or she is put. So he drives the price to the highest point, and the auctioneer is certain that this unreasonable price or unreasonable demand will be met. The purchase of slaves. Now, but the Bible says that he redeemed us. We were redeemed, we were redeemed, we were redeemed. That he might redeem us, the Bible says, from all iniquity. That he might redeem us from every lawless deeds. Redemption. It's the word lutro in the Greek, lutro. And what does it mean? It depicts a person who pays a high price to obtain the slave of his choice. The word redemption in the Greek is the word lutro, lutro. Lutro depicts a person who pays a high price uh, to obtain the slave of his choice. Some poachers slaves to liberate them and set them free. And in order to do that, a ransom is paid in this case, a ransom is paid to be able. Now, here is a situation of what happened. Let's bring it down to Jesus. Jesus comes into Satan's slave market looking for us. Jesus, the Son of God, descends from glory, comes into Satan's market looking for you and I. Right? He knew he wouldn't be satisfied except the purchase is settled. Jesus was willing to pay any price for us. He bought us with his own blood. We became his property. 
He bought us with his own blood and we became his property. Jesus paid the price with his own blood and gave us liberation or liberty or freedom that can only be known because of his works in us. We are his most prized possession. You must understand. Remember I told you that the slave auctioneer, the slave owner drives or pushes the price of the slave he is intended to sell to the highest point. And so when God, Jesus, buys us or redeems us, pays for us, you know what? We'll become his most prized possession. What we call the segula. The segula. The segula. The Greek word segula means the most prized possession. You are God's segula. You are God's segula. You are God's most prized possession. And he was willing to pay any price to purchase us. The highest price ever paid was his blood. The blood of Jesus, not the blood of animals, not the blood of goats and calves. It's the blood of Jesus. Jesus paid the ransom to set us free. Nothing else could stand as wholesome ransom other than the blood of Jesus, except his own blood. It was his own blood, not the blood of animals, but the blood of Jesus, the blood that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel, the blood of Jesus. It was the shedding of Jesus' blood that guaranteed our deliverance and our lasting freedom from the demonic powers previously holding us captive. Hear me close now. Say that again. It was the shedding of the blood of Jesus that guaranteed our deliverance and lasting freedom from the demonic powers that previously held us captive. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. What what was paid to ransom us to win you and I back. You have been saved by grace. And there was an exchange that was made to buy us away from the hand of the devil from our captor who happens to be the slave master himself the devil now here's the reality of what took place somebody had to enter satan's slave market so jesus chose to go listen to this somebody had to enter satan's slave market guess who chose to go jesus chose to go Someone had to offer a prize. A prize had to be offered. A prize had to be offered. So Jesus chose to offer the prize to pay, to redeem us. A prize had to be offered. And Jesus chose to pay the prize. He chose to pay the prize. He offered to pay the prize with his own blood. With his own blood. Someone had to finalize the deal. Guess who chose to do it? Jesus willingly paid the price with his life on the cross at Calvary. He died on the cross. He died on the cross. Here's a true story. Let me share a true story with you. And it's a story of Adam and Eve and the devil. The story of Adam and Eve and the devil. What happened? The reality of what happened is a true story. God had a plan when he created us. God in his infinite mercy had a plan when he created us. 
However, you and I in Adam, man messed up when man sinned in the garden. So God desired to redeem us. God desired to save man. God desired to redeem us. Having lost everything because man has seen and has lost everything. And so when man lost, lost everything, God desired to redeem us. What did he do? God came up with another plan, a second plan. I've heard a preacher say, you can mess up the plan, but you cannot mess up the planner. You can mess up the plan, but you cannot mess up the planner because God is the planner. And the planner who planned it in the first place the planner who planned the plan in the first place knows how to rework his plan. So, you can mess up the plan, but you cannot mess up the planner. <laughs> that sounds so good. To God desire to redeem us, and by that desire, he came up with a second plan. What is this plan? He decides to adopt us children, adopt us as children, to adopt us children from his, from this, uh, 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 for his inheritance, basically, and from the stock world. He decided to adopt us children for his inheritance. Mm. To adopt us, though, he has to free us, or he had to free us from slavery. He cannot just adopt us, but he had to first free us from slavery. Now, to free us from slavery, he had to pay a huge ransom. He wanted to adopt us and make us his inheritance. But to do that, he has had to free, he had to free us from slavery. In order for him to free us from slavery, he had to pay a huge price, a huge ransom. And by grace, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross at Calvary. His son offered up his life to redeem and reconcile us back to the Father. He offered, us, offered up his life to redeem us and to bring us to the Father so we can become the Father's inheritance. And now, reconcile back to the Father Without share his riches. And as adopted children, we have inheritance in the kingdom of God by grace. Having redeemed us, having paid the price, having been reconciled to the Father, we now share his riches as his adopted children. And what that means that we also have inheritance in the kingdom of God. And by grace, the grace he gave us so lavishly, so sufficiently, as we'll see in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather in my infirmities and then the power that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The verse of emphasis or the phrase of emphasis is that my grace is sufficient for you. The grace he gave us, he gave us sufficiently. He gave us uh, lavishly. He gave us enough in quantity and the most grace. God had to make an exchange. You are that precious to God. That's why I called you. I told you that you are his cigar. The segula means the most prized possession. He loved you and I so much and so badly that he was willing to offer up his son that you may be saved. It is not of your own power. 
power. Nothing could have been able to save us other than the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus, the sinless blood of Jesus. He offered it up himself. God came literally, in a sense, into the slave market of the devil and showed interest in you. You are God's. God is interested in you. He showed interest in you and he was willing to pay whatever price you were placed on or art. And as that price was offered, he made the payment. In fact, he paid over and above using the precious blood. Nothing could have been able to meet up that demand other than the blood of Jesus, which paid over and above. Therefore, the devil had no debt against you anymore. You don't owe the devil any debt. His price has been paid him in full and over and above. You are God's property. You belong to God. You have been bought by grace and now you have been reconciled to the Father. You are God's prized, most prized possession. He's Segula. He's Segula. He's Segula. He wants you. He likes you. He desires to have a relationship with you. In fact, by the reason of this purchase, you now share an inheritance. The Bible says we have the conjoined earth with Jesus Christ. You have an inheritance because you have been adopted as his children. And as his children, just like every child has an inheritance, or uh, is entitled to inheritance from his parents, uh, you are entitled uh, to joy, to peace. Uh, note this grace. Let me show you some of your inheritance. This grace sets us free from sickness, from pain, from infirmities, from frustration, from depressions and anxieties, uh, from starvation. And every form of oppressions of the power of darkness that this grace set us free or give us freedom from financial drought, endless struggles, and all the sufferings and worries of a slave. You have peace of you have joy. You have joy unspeakable. You've been given all of that by virtue of you being purchased back by God. Purchased by, by the blood of Jesus. And so today, I want to make a declaration over your life. I want to pray with you. I want to make some declaration over you. And I stand by the authority in the name of Jesus and by the power in the blood of the Lamb, I decree and declare that as the sun rises in the morning, so shall the glory of God rise in your life and upon your life and break uh, every chain of bondage in the name of in the name of Jesus, as the sun rises in the morning, so shall the glory of God rise in your life at the break of each day, at the break of dawn. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare as the rays of the sun filters through the day and displays its beauty and shining, so shall the grace of God be displayed in your life. And may your life radiate God's dazzling splendor in every areas of your life in the the name of Jesus, I decree and declare as the rays of the moon 
and the rising sun permeates her through the day, through the night and day and disperses every darkness. May the grace of God disperse every darkness in your life, your family, your business, your career, your health, in the life of your children. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare as the dew drops in the morning, the snow falls at winter, the rain showers in its season, so shall the grace of God be poured upon your life and cause you to yield your increase in your season, in every season, in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare you have longed for so many things that never came. You may have submitted CVs and given quotations, proposals, business proposals. You have submitted your resumes are looking for job. Your plans are waiting for approval with no response yet from them. I therefore decree and declare from today and henceforth in the name of Jesus just as Jesus called Lazarus from the grave and he answered. I therefore decree and declare every good thing that has refused to answer to you we call them to manifestation now in the name of Jesus. We call them to manifestation now in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare by the grace of God Ezekiel spoke life into the dry bones and the bones became a living army in the name of Jesus. In that same power, I command every dryness in your life to receive life today in the name of Jesus and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But the power that is in the blood of the Lamb, I release upon you the grace to rise above limitation, the grace to rise above any form of doldrums in the name of Jesus. Rise and flourish. Rise to a new life. I receive the grace to attain the unusual height in the name of Jesus. The grace to do the extraordinary I declare upon your life. The grace to prosper amidst problems. The grace to attain the unattainable and the grace to obtain the unimaginable in the name of Jesus but the authority of the most high God by the power in the name of Jesus I decree and declare upon you receive the grace to venture and succeed in new frontiers new height you must attain in the name of Jesus may the hand of God rest upon you and your family both now and forevermore you have been saved by grace go into this world into this day into your uh, realm sorry into your sphere, into your areas of jurisdiction, of work, or study, or career, whatever it is out there, and prosper and shine forth the light of God. Know that you have been saved by grace, and that grace was given to you lavishly and sufficiently. Woo. Till I come your way again, I remain yours truly, Pastor George. Stay blessed and keep winning. God bless you.